Welcome to episode 22 of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. Let's start with some movies, as we always do, and some exciting news for Aquaman fans. Director James Wan announced that the film is complete on Instagram. He shared, very exciting, um, what a big undertaking it is. He mentioned that and how it's taken up basically all of his waking hours for the last couple of years. And he thanked all the VFX crew and everything like that, everybody who, who worked on it and the long process. And he's excited for people to see it. And he shared a photo on Instagram of, I'm assuming, some of the VFX sound and editing team and all of that, some some of the crew that works behind the scenes. Yeah, this is you know not actually a lot of news, but still really cool. It's always awesome when it's just a milestone that you hit in this process that means that the film is that much closer, even though we already knew when the film was coming. This just makes it a lot more real because it's really for real ramped up now. Well, it, it is a bit of news that it's done with time to spare because yeah, sometimes, yeah. especially with VFX heavy stuff, I, I always remember Matt Reeves talking about Planet of the Apes, how he was literally driving to the premiere and approving special effects shots and stuff like that. So luckily, you don't have to worry about this this year. But yeah, we're, we're close to it. We're six weeks away now. Uh, this be a good time to remind people of our, our spoiler policy. We stay away from spoilers or anything reviews or anything like that until the film is actually out worldwide in theaters so we're not gonna i know there some screenings are going to beginning and with the film opening as soon as december 7th around the world in different places there are going to be premieres and stuff like that but we will stay away from reactions and reviews and story points or anything like that of any kind until the film is out and we do our actual review of the film yeah definitely uh, next up, the Aquaman like official movie Twitter has released some character posters. Uh, we got good looks at Arthur, Mira, Black Manta, Queen Atlanta, King Orm, Volko, and King Nereus. Um, you took a look at these. I these are really really cool. I <laughs> we get a good still high res shot of Aquaman in the suit, and then I really really like King Orm and Black Manta getting a, a good like close up isolated look at them in their their outfits it just looks really really good absolutely like i don't think we have anything intelligent to ever add when we talk about the visuals of of aquaman it just looks really good uh all of them and you started listing off names there and i would add all of them yeah uh they all look good and we get to see arthur's traditional costume and king nereus riding whatever he's riding willem dafoe just looking intense there um mira looks great atlanta looks great um and orm looks great so they all look great that is the that is a great details everything i have to add i think they, they just all look phenomenal and i love the everything about this film visually and the colors and everything just i think it looks really impressive yeah and they they took the time to you know put them in different backgrounds um but there's there's also like crazy action like i think pretty behind Volko, it looks like there's exploding sharks or something there's just <laughs> there's a lot going on um in this film and like you said it looks real good yeah and even from the trailers we know there's going to be a lot going on underwater you know so much that we know so little about that i'm excited to see yeah james Wan also talked to dc comics about atlantis and designing the different kingdoms and everything um and he had some good stuff to say he said that that was part of what he really enjoyed about this character is that not only did i get to revamp this underdog character but i also get the opportunity to design the different worlds visually and create the different kingdoms i'm a big fan of world creation and it, it seems like he's done a good job at creating some new worlds yeah i, I think we're all impressed with that uh, we keep i mean as we just referenced everything looks fantastic visually and it's a credit to juan and obviously getting the right team of people around him it, you know it takes a lot more than just a director to make a film this big visually and this is the first time Juan has 
really had to build a world. He's done, uh, that's not exactly true, but it's such a visual effects heavy world. He's done tons of world building and his horror stuff. And But his, his big budget film, Furious 7, was sort of joining an existing world. And this is something Atlantis in particular, he's almost built entirely from scratch. And, and I think everything that we've seen from it is very exciting to see. For sure. And they, they talked to him about, you know, some of the different people that have had to build worlds like this, like in Lord of the Rings. Um, and he's, they talked about the influences that people had in building the worlds. And obviously James Wan coming from a horror background um, said that there's, there's definitely monsters that he's made for this, but he said, I haven't really shown you the monsters in this, but it definitely plays heavily into the film. And they're a big part of this world that Arthur gets to explore. So I, I'm really excited to see because if we haven't seen the scariest monsters yet, I, I think we've already seen some pretty scary looking monsters. I'm I'm pretty pumped to see what gets worse than that. Yeah, we've only seen flashes of the trench and some of the other underwater creatures and things. So I'm sure there's a lot he is saving because we've only seen tastes in the trailers and stuff like that. So there's a lot we're going to see yet. Yeah, and then not a surprise, he talked about the the different kingdoms that are set up, the Brian the Trench, um, and he said those are all kind of heavily inspired by Jeff John's New 52 run. Yeah, and he's mentioned before how that's a big influence on on what they're doing. Yep. So switching gears to Birds of Prey and Batgirl, the screenwriter of those films, Christina Hudson, talked with the LA Times. She was doing a, a piece about Bumblebee, which she also wrote and is coming out the same day as Aquaman. Um, but she was asked, of course, about those films, and she called Margot Robbie an amazing producer and talk about how she's dedicated, works hard, and gives smart, smart notes, and she reads every draft of every script and, and makes notes on it, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, Mar- Robbie is becoming a, you know, building a bit of a resume as a producer, too, so it's good that it seems like she's doing good things. She's also, Hodson is excited that Kathy Ann is directing. She also had a quote about Harley Quinn and why she, what drew her and interested her about Harley Quinn that I thought was a really great quote. She said, I just fell in love with Harley. She makes me laugh, but she also makes me cry. She's got such emotional depth that is completely contrasted by this light, superficial, fun exterior. Even in the comics, when she's at her best, she's doing something bad. When she's at her worst, she's doing something good. And that makes her so interesting and so much more real because that's what people are like in real life. Very few people are just purely heroic or purely villainous. And she has this wonderful balance of everything. That first part of the quote sounds awesome to me. Uh, I like Harley Quinn, where you're not quite sure what she's going to do, if she'll do something good, something bad, or what. And and she is a deep character. There is some a lot of emotional complexity there, even though she has, uh, like she said, a fun, superficial exterior. I think that's really cool and everything I'd kind of like to hear in someone who is going to be writing Harley Quinn. Yeah, and it's, it's really cool that um, it seems like the people involved in this project are taking it very seriously, which it, I think... I, I don't think DC or Warner Brothers is going to bring in people that don't take it seriously, but it's just nice to know that you could do a superhero film and maybe not take it so seriously um, and just be light and fun and not think too hard about the characters or how the depth of the characters. But it seems like they're really, they are really taking it very seriously. And there's definitely talent involved that has worked on some very serious projects, Kathy and Margot Robbie and now Christina Hudson. Yeah, especially with a character like Harley Quinn, it could just be a a superficial, I think that would draw audiences in the superficial, fun character and things like that. But I'm glad they're going a little bit deeper than that and and bringing some some of those elements that are important to the character into it. And Hudson also, of course, was asked about Batgirl, which she is currently writing, but she obviously can't say anything, but she's excited to be working on it. And that's about it. Yeah, can't say much. Makes sense. 
Uh, next up, Zachary Levi shared uh, that Shazam is getting ready for additional photography on his Instagram with a, a nice close-up picture of the belt on his costume. Some nice detail you can see in the pattern and the, the lightning bolts and everything. But uh, yeah, they're going back for some additional photography. Yeah, cool. That is an important part of the big budget filmmaking process. So glad that's going to be done now. Here's some really exciting news for me in the animation front. So Fathom Events is going to play a the Death of Superman, Reign of the Superman animated double feature in select theaters like these Fathom events are. That's really exciting to me. They're going to be playing, obviously, the Death of Superman film, which is already out, and then the Reign of Superman, which comes out in January, right before the digital release on Sunday, January 13th and Monday, January 14th. They're going to be showing this back-to-back, and it's going to be one two-hour and 45-minute runtime. I don't know if that includes a featurette like the Fathom events have had in the past. But I'm assuming they're going to merge them into one film, kind of like Batman The Dark Knight Returns when they did a deluxe edition. I'm sure they'll release that down the line as an extra Blu-ray and DVD and things like that. So you can get some people to buy three different versions of this film. But I don't care. I think it's really cool. And Fathom Events, it looks like they're just charging one ticket price for the, the double feature. I think this is really exciting. I think I actually suggested this to Fathom Events. So I'm <laughs> glad they're they're doing that that's pretty cool yeah somebody's listening this is this is a great idea this is uh nothing but good things um i think these fathom events are a lot of fun because there's there's really a chance that one of these animated films is actually going to ever get a wide release theatrically and this is a chance to watch it on a, a huge screen with a better sound system than you can ever ever have in your house and it really does make it different um and this is the death of superman was a fantastic film and i have really really high hopes for reign of the superman i think it's going to fall in that vein and so to be able to see both of those back to back on a big screen with an amazing sound system uh, that's that's pretty exciting especially it looks like we're going to be in a bit of a superman drought so to have the original superman the movie is going to be a fathom event coming up at the end of this month and then getting this in january that's a little bit exciting there but like you mentioned yeah these events are cool this sound and big screen and everything of course but it's also cool to see to go with friends and uh like the killing joke we went to that was huge and packed to see with some hardcore batman fans that was cool but it was also cool when the uh smaller group for return of the cape crusaders uh just to see it on the big screen like you said it's pretty cool to get a chance to do that yeah well let's talk about tv now as a couple new shows are being put into development the cw has put vertigo comics survivors club into development for a potential series so this doesn't even have a pilot order yet or anything like that it's just in the early stages of development this is based on the nine issue series that started in late 2015 by lauren bukes dale halverson and ryan kelly this series is going to be written by jared frieder who worked on mtv's sweet vicious and they also had a description for the the show yeah, it says, in a world where horror franchise monsters are real, twins Jason and Jennifer barely survived a demonic childhood possession that claimed their mother's life and fractured their bond. Ten years later, when a new evil force awakens, the siblings join forces with other teen survivors to combat the literal and metaphorical monsters that haunt them. Had you heard of Survivor's Club at all? Uh, I had not heard of it, but this sounds like something that is a perfect pitch for the CW. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard of it either, so I actually decided to read it. Um and check it out since it is just nine issues and even from the description it sounds like it's very different from the the original comic the comic has there are six survivors a bunch of crazy stuff happened to people in 1987 and then almost 30 years later the six survivors get together um there's not a jennifer or a jason in the comic there's a brother and sister um but it, there's a bunch of it, it's definitely I, I didn't love the series but i think it 
horror fans might like it a lot more. It's definitely horror and blood and um, there's some fun stuff in there, but it's that. Um, so it's very different from anything DC related. Not even iZombie is, is quite different on the CW. Yeah. An interesting thing is that we point out where horror franchise monsters are real. That's a little different from the comic as well. There's one of the one of the people who later, one of these survivors actually had a haunted house type experiment, haunted house type thing. And then that became a movie franchise based on that. But nobody <laughs> believed it was an actual thing. So I don't know if they're going to try to take real movie franchises and put them, include them in the show somehow, or if it's going to be original, you know, ones they make up just for the series, I would assume it would be. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I'm curious to see what they will be, what the, what this will become. Yeah. But like I said, I think this is a perfect fit for CW based on a comic book, has monsters. Uh, that's basically all you need. <laughs> yeah. And they need a, they need a vertigo replacement for iZombie. So yeah. that makes sense. We also know Batwoman and Project 13, which we haven't heard anything about in a while or in development at the CW. I'm much more interested in Project 13 yeah. than this if they wanted to do something supernatural. But um, we'll see what becomes of them. And there's also news that writer Grant Morrison is developing a television series for Universal based on The Invisibles. So this is actually a creator-owned comic that he started back in 1994 and was published by Vertigo Comics. So this goes into the Astro City, Why the Last Man category. It's not really DC characters, but we'll, we'll mention it here. It's based on a super-powered group that's fighting oppression and um, pretty pretty popular series. Yeah, and not a lot of details about it yet. Um, we'll put this on the the list of things, like you just mentioned, Project 13, of TV shows maybe in development that we'll maybe hear about again sometime in the future. But I think this is a, a good idea and probably something that people would be pretty excited about in these uh, this around this time. Yeah, and lots of lots and lots of news for Swamp Thing on DC Universe. We finally have our Alec Holland and Swamp Thing. So it's going to be different actors for Alec Holland and Swamp Thing. I wonder if it's going to be similar to the Doom Patrol scenario where you have one. Well, I mean, it definitely sounds like that. You have one actor playing Swamp Thing and then maybe Alec Holland will be used in flashbacks or or something like that. But Andy Bean from Power is going to play Alec Holland. Who's described as a biologist who transforms into the Swamp Thing after discovering a strange illness maybe connected to his work with the Swamp. Yeah, so I wonder if he's just going to be in the first episode or if we'll see flashbacks throughout or if they take a while before swamp thing emerges you got to think they would if it's swamp thing you would figure there would be a swamp thing in the first episode so really i assume i, I think they'll will i happen. think they'll stretch it out for like five or six episodes maybe before we even see swamp thing they might you never know um it could be the case and derek mears who is an actor and stuntman he was jason in the friday the 13th reboot and he actually played dwarf dwarf star in a couple episodes of the flash he is going to be Swamp Thing. Uh, he's going to be the creature that emerges after Holland's accident, and he must deal with what he has become to defend his town. Yeah, so very basic descriptions for Alec Holland and Swamp Thing. They, are, they, they have these detailed descriptions for all of the supporting characters, but just a little bit on the main character. So I'm assuming, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just excited we have our, our Swamp Thing now. Yeah, it's all it's all falling into place. And um, the person playing, Derek Mears playing, actual swamp thing in in costume and makeup and cgi whatever they end up end up doing um has some horror experience like being jason being a, a big scary character in a horror franchise i think that's going to help especially with so many horror elements in this show and so much people with horror experience behind the camera as well yeah we also got some other casting will Patton, who you may know from remember the titans where he was 
if I remember right, the coach who wasn't as good of a coach as Denzel Washington. Yeah. <laughs> but he was still a pretty good coach. And he was also in the new Halloween movie. He is going to be playing Avery Sunderland. We talked about his wife being cast last week, but now we have Sunderland cast. Yeah, and they did have a, a longer description for for him than uh, Swamp Thing and Al Collin. But it says, as its most prominent businessman, Avery Sutherland serves as the de facto patriarch of his Louisiana hometown, always giving back to the community. His benevolent veneer, however, masks a ruthless determination to harness the power of the swamp for profit. So in loose terms here, the Lex Luthor yeah. for Swamp Thing, essentially. Um, but yeah, you can definitely see how this is an, an evil or a bit of a, a mad scientist businessman type character could fit in with Swamp Thing. That's going to be something very important with the, the research and everything that's going on there. Another big Swamp Thing character, Matt Cable, has been cast. Henderson Wade from Riverdale will play the role as a series regular. Yeah, and then they describe his character as a Louisiana lawman who finds himself in dire straits when supernatural evil threatens the town he's sworn to protect. Yeah, so this is this is got to be the majority of the big cast for Swamp Thing is ready now. This is really exciting to me. Just the characters. I know it's we talk about how we're in such a good time for superhero stuff and all that, and it's cool to reflect back. Like when Swamp Thing was done as a TV show before in a movie, you had Swamp Thing, and then maybe one or two other characters from the show show from the comics would show up, and it'd be mostly original characters. I just like that it has progressed to the point where it's almost everybody, all of the big cast is basically from the comics. So you've got, you know, Matt Cable, Abby Arcane. These are all really important to Swamp Thing comics. So I'm glad they're doing such a, such a close adaptation of those original Swamp Thing comics. I think that's really cool that one of the most exciting parts of this golden age of adaptations. Yeah. Really cool that they can be that faithful and they have, I think they also have the freedom because it's on their own platform to, to do just about as faithful as an adaptation as they want to or not want to. Uh, next up, James Wolk from Tell Me a Story has been cast in a recurring role in HBO's Watchmen. So the role isn't actually known, uh, but Deadline reports that he's playing a junior senator from Oklahoma. So I guess maybe it's known, it just they didn't actually say what he was playing, but uh, Deadline says he's going to be a junior senator. Yeah, and it makes sense that there will be some political ties to Watchmen based on the original Watchmen. Um, and more casting news from Watchmen. Jeremy Irons is going to be playing the older Adrian Veidt, Ozymandias, in Watchmen. Uh, and that's according to Slash Film. And then Gene Smart from Fargo has been cast as an FBI agent. So out of those three, uh, I'd say Jeremy Irons playing an older Adrian Veidt is the most exciting one to me. Yeah, he was cast a long time ago, but they haven't disclosed who anyone has been playing in the show. So he's, I mean, you know, assuming this is true, which I have no reason to doubt it, that's awesome. I mean, that's really awesome. That's really cool. I wonder what their, what Ozymandias has been up to in this world all these years after the events of the original Watchmen comic. I have no idea, but I think Jeremy Irons is terrific. It will be terrific in that role. Definitely. And, I, you know, I wonder what they've been up to as well. And I wonder if this show will maybe cover that and tell us what has been going on or what they've been up to. You know what? They should do a Watchmen show where <laughs> they, they tell us what they've been up to for the <laughs> that's last such a several good idea. years. I didn't even think of that. That's, <laughs> that's really smart there. Um, yeah, but that's that's very exciting. And I hope, you know, I wonder how many other original Watchmen characters yeah have been cast that we don't know of yet and, and maybe surprises down the line i think that's that's definitely something to look forward to and let's talk a little bit of elseworlds elseworlds we're just a month away now from today uh, elseworlds will be airing on the cw and 
Psycho Pirate has been cast. Bob Fraser from the 100 has been cast as the villain Psycho Pirate, a.k.a. Roger Hayden for Elseworlds. He is going to appear in the Arrow and Supergirl episodes, and it says he's just going to be an inmate at Arkham Asylum. Um, I, I assume if he's in a couple episodes, he'll probably get out or maybe in a dream state get out, but Psycho Pirate is a cool character. Um, he's been mentioned recently in the future newspaper from The Flash specifically. So Psycho Pirate's been around since the 40s uh, in different versions, most well known for his role in Crisis on Infinite Earths, where he had a big role in that. But he's been in other things. I mean, just in Justice League versus Suicide Squad last year and some other things like that. Really cool character with some cool, weird powers villain. I uh, don't know how he's going to fit into things, but obviously he's going to be in Arkham. Yeah, it's it's cool that they're going to have Arkham involved in somehow. And yeah, like you said, he's, he's probably going to escape from that if he's in two different episodes. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool that these these old characters that have been around a long time and have been adapted a few different times, are, we're going to get to see them in live action. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for it. I wonder what kind of Easter eggs or cameos else there could be in Arkham if they're, if they're spending much time in there. Who else could be in there? I wonder who they'll reference there. And also, yeah, I hope Psycho Pirate, this could just be an introduction to show him and then maybe play a big role in 2024 Crisis or something like that. I could see that happening. And they set up the character and develop him a few times over the years. I think that would be neat. And then he gets his own TV show. I don't think that's necessary. That's probably not necessary. We can just have him guest star. Okay. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.